Hey everybody, welcome to Climb the Ladder for episode 167, presented by Wash Up Network. I'm your co-host, Duncan, and my equally good-looking twin brother, Hunter, is sitting right here with me. Welcome to another episode of Driving with Climb the Ladder. We are headed out to our buddy's rehearsal dinner for a big wedding tomorrow, so Hunter's in Boise. We're doing one live and in-person and you can see two of the same face when you head over to YouTube. If you haven't, make sure that you head over to thegreatpnw.com and use code CLIMB20 for 20% off your order. And as always, let's climb the ladder. Hunter, welcome to Boise. Yeah, what's up, everybody? What's up, Dunk? Good to be in person, doing a little live action recording, driving with CTL, as we like to call it. Um, and yeah, this one's not taking you around town, but across the valley. Yeah, headed through the Treasure Valley out to Nampa, Idaho, um, doing a little road trip version. But we had to get the episode in. We're together, too, so... We had to make sure that we brought you some updates on the Mariners, where they're at the wild card standing. We're going to hit a little NFL preview because the season kicks off this week. And, of course, we'll wrap up with a little Boise State Bronco football as they look to host University of Central Florida on the blue this weekend. Yeah, that'll be a big non-conference. Uh, we went there, was it last year or two years ago? Yeah, I think two years ago. So, yeah, a little home at home. Uh, I guess we could start, I don't know if we start off outside the diamond or uh, well, start with the ends. Yeah, you've had some uh, pretty good live sports attendance. You've hit a Mariners game and the Boise State versus University of Washington game in the last yeah, couple of weeks. So, weeks. Uh, yeah, maybe since you're visiting Boise, let's do a little recap of the loss uh, at Washington at Husky Stadium, preview the UCF game a little bit, and then um, then we can hop into some Week One NFL and some Wild Card. Yeah, I can't believe it's already uh, first week of September, done, gone, and uh, we're getting into some professional football. But yeah, being in person in Seattle at the Boise State versus UW game. Uh, Huskies as the host and like they say greatest setting in college football that is never unchanged but I don't know what happened in that game we had it, we had it, we had it keep it up, first half, good and then boom like down two scores at halftime and then I don't know where it went I don't know what happened I don't know what team came back on the field with the second half run yeah, I watched pretty much the entire game. I think I caught the second half of the first quarter and then the rest of the game from there. And, man, it was just ugly. Like, there were glimpses of times that I thought that it would work, and then there was a lot of it that just wasn't working at all. I mean, their secondary was probably their biggest weakness um, yeah. from what I saw. And then... There was really no pass protection, couldn't get the ball out in time. I think it was 
kind of on the shoulders of everyone, but for the most part, it was just a lackluster performance, and Michael Penix Jr. of Washington and the rest of his cast really just took advantage. Yeah, I mean, that's a good ball club. Obviously, they were uh, number 10 in the nation to start the season and to host Boise State, but man, that was that was difficult. Yeah, um, care to describe kind of the environment? It looked like it was a great time. I mean, obviously, anytime you can be at a college football game, it's fun. But um, just the opportunity to be there rooting on the Broncos, being in the minority with the sea of purple. Yeah, a lot of, there's a decent amount of blue and orange. Um, we're lucky enough to go with uh, our one of our best friends, Ben, his grandma had season or has season tickets, um, so we're able to score those, and we're actually just a couple rows behind the away Boise State section, right on their sideline, so I mean, that was pretty cool, um, a lot of orange there, I was glad that most people didn't do blue, because that could get lost with the purple, the orange really stood out, um, the full Boise State band was there, which is cool, I don't know how many games they travel to, but maybe for the close ones or the opening season. Um, that was really cool to have them. And yeah, I mean, the hard part, which I don't think I've been doing a weight game in a while where we're very, very outnumbered, but uh, me and Kyle were two in orange sitting amongst uh, the sea of purple, like Duncan said. And Man, like, we'd get a sweet first down or a downfield throw in the first quarter, first half, and, man, or, like, even when we scored a couple times, it was like, man, like, jump up, cheer, super pumped, super happy, and everybody else is sitting down, like, silence, and, like, that was a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, I kind of forgot what that was like, because... You know, during a game at Boise State or even in the living room, like, I mean, everybody's cheering around you and, you know, no question, no second thought. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't quite ready for that dynamic. I kind of forgot. But otherwise, I mean, stadium was packed. It was loud. It was a good Saturday. Yeah, it looked like there was a good showing of orange from um... – the TV, I mean, from the views that I was getting, obviously huge stadium, holds 70,000 people. Um, just a tough place to play anyways, and then playing against the number 10 team in the country um, doesn't make it any easier. And, yeah, they kind of had, had their way with us out there. But um, moving into kind of looking ahead, we've acknowledged it was a blowout. It was in the past. Um Home opener tomorrow, this Saturday, against the UCF Golden Knights. Uh, they made their splash last week in, uh, or against uh, their home opener opponent, um, made their Big 12 debut as they left the group of five and joined the Power Five. Um, I think they won 56-6 to six in their home opener, so yeah, they're going to be wow. coming in with some momentum, and we're going to be coming in with something to prove. Um, what are a couple keys of taking this one as a victory i think we really have to show the the crowd at the stadium but boise state fans as a whole like hey or like this is our brand of football like we can hold our own and you know 
We're not going to get burned on every single uh, downfield ball. We're going to plug up the holes that they're running in. Like, yeah, if one gets away, like, hey, tip your cap. That's It's a good play, and they got beat. Like, if it's a one-on-one and they got beat. But downfield, beyond 20 yards, like, you can't let that go every time just because it's a good team like UW is. Um, so I think the big key is just showing – Showing the fans, like, hey, this is our brand of football. Like, this is how we play. Yeah, I think really making sure that we stiffen up the secondary, I think we really got to be able to protect that deep ball because I think there was three touchdowns, three consecutive touchdowns scored um, by the Huskies on the same Fade to the middle, Penix Jr. dropping the bucket. Yeah, they're like, if it works, why not? So we got to figure out how to defend that, and then I think you really got to give more pass protection to the Boise State quarterback and let some plays develop. Yeah, I I think so too. I think that, well, I think with those things in mind, hopefully we can show up on the blue at home, show UCF that – it doesn't matter if they went to the Big 12 or not, but that we could still handle them and hopefully kind of turn the season around here in Week 2. Yeah, and I mean, not to go too far ahead, like definitely one game at a time, one week at a time. Um, learn from our mistakes and, you know, use that to better the team. But to go one and one in these first two weeks, if we can take care of them and, uh, yeah, I don't know, go one and one against these two power five schools um, before we welcome North Dakota, University of North Dakota, uh, onto the blue in week three. And that's a 10 a.m. Mountain Time start. Yeah, I think it'll be the earliest game I've ever seen since we've been in Boise. Um, Hoping to make that one in person, make one uh, before the baby comes. And I would expect that one to be one of those good old matchups against like a San Jose State or a Hawaii where we can just – be up by 50 at halftime, but whenever we take those lightly, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, no doubt, but like we said, one week at a time, um, it'll be nice to be home, good crowd, good day game, Um, and uh, then the NFL kicked off on Thursday night, but we have the full weekend slate on Sunday with the uh, kickoff of Monday Night Football as well. Yeah, excited. The Seahawks are taking on the Rams. Um, and after the way that the Seahawks finished last year and how the Rams finished last year, um, I'm excited that the Seahawks are opening the season at home, um, at Lumen Field. What do you think? Do the Rams come back with a healthy cup, a healthy Stafford, and get back to their Super Bowl ways? Do you think, you know, maybe a walk in the park, not much to worry about? What's What do you think is the outlook here this weekend? Yeah, I mean uh... – I think that the NFC West is kind of up in the air. You know, the Niners were just, what, they got nine in a row to the back half of last season. Mostly with, even though they had the whole QB carousel, injuries, uncertainty, everything, um, picking up McCaffrey was like a huge saving for their season. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're kind of slated to be top dogs, but the Seahawks are just as well in the conversation. A lot of returning guys. Meanwhile, some young guys, but, like, a lot to work with, I think, is the solid part. Gino is coming in off of a potential, I mean, 
last season he could have, he had MVP talk, let alone um, NFC Offensive Player. Yeah, and he was a uh, comeback player of the year, too. That's right. So, and then you have a solid core with uh, DK, Tyler Lockett, and then adding Jigmas Smith. Um, so I'm excited. I think definitely from the offensive side. And then what? We have Bobby for one, maybe two more years. But having kind of the core of that defensive identity, um, I think that our corners and the rest of the DBs are going to be pretty crucial to lock that down right up front. I think the Rams are a good team. Um, they have a lot of offensive weapons, so we'll definitely have to hold them there. Yeah, I think one thing that could be cool, I mean, Bobby left for one or two seasons, played for the Rams. Um, but thinking back, he's probably the only Super Bowl winning uh, player from the original Super Bowl team back in the 2012-2013 season. So, I mean, that would be cool if Bobby comes back we can get him one more ring. I yeah. definitely don't think we're the top team in the NFC, but I think we're one of the most overlooked and underrated because people, definitely. a lot of people are saying Gino was a flop. It's going to be that one season that he did amazing and then nothing else after that. I don't buy it. I think he's going to show up. I think he's going to pick up where he left off. And I think it's going to be a real telltale um, season for him. He got the extension. He got the comeback player of the year. Um, I think it's going to be big that he's got the opportunity to really creep up and maybe make another playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just getting started. Everybody's like, oh, 10 years, look at him with the Jets and the Giants and then he backed up on the Seahawks for a reason. But it's like, dude, he had a good gig, and he has that veteran experience learning behind so many, like, top talent, good guys. And now you bring in with a fresh arm for the most part, and you watch him put it together so well last season. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I think he's just going to progress. Yeah, I'm excited for Gino. Um, you mentioned Jigba Smith. Um, great draft pick. Excited to see him. Hopefully he's healthy. I know he got banged up a little in preseason. Um, Kenneth Walker Jr. again uh, coming out. Hopefully he'll have a good season. Well, hopefully the Hawks can do just that. Take care of the Rams at home. And like you said, I don't think oh, it's a competition in the NFC West, but I think if we can stay on the wins and keep up with the 49ers. One of us will be in contention for wild card. One will be leading the division. Yeah, and obviously we'll do a little bit of a recap next week and just our initial reaction on how some teams are doing. But let's go between the bases here, between the foul lines. And uh, how about those ends? What's our outlook on the current AL West that has just been all over the place? Yeah, that wild card race is not an easy path to the playoffs. So currently, um, as of Friday, the eight Mariners are sitting at 79 and 61. Um, they're up two games from Toronto, who holds the number three wild card spot. We have number two, and Tampa Bay is at 85 and 56 um, in that 
tough AL East. Wow. They're sitting at first in the AL wild card race because it looks like they are three games behind the Orioles, who are absolutely rocking the East. Um, we are just a half a game back from Houston. Um, the Rangers currently out of the wild card picture. Not a not a wild card, not a division leader. Um, which is just crazy. You, crazy. you and Clayton totally predicted it that week when I was gone. What if turned into a reality? Yeah, so they're just they keep sliding. They've only won three of their last ten. They're on a three game losing streak, and it's just not really looking good for them. So I think between us and Houston, it's going to be a race to the end, and we're really going to see what happens. Uh, here at the end of September. It'd be amazing to take the AL West from the former World Series champs. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely within reach. We've been at the top for a good chunk of the last couple weeks, um, but the Astros aren't letting off the gas either, so we've really got to stay on it. Um, we got to stay healthy. we got to keep the bats hot, and hopefully that gives us a chance. Yeah, we have Kelly coming back, I think, pretty soon. He's been stroking in AAA. Uh, coming off that broken foot injury. Um, but, man, I think, I think it's really going to come down to our bullpen. They've they've showed, I mean, with the combination of a strong starting rotation, I think we have three guys uh, in the top ten of the league. Uh, last I checked for looking good for the ERA numbers and the uh, war numbers, too. Yeah, going into this weekend, we've got a key matchup against the tough Tampa Bay Rays, again, sitting right above us in the first wild card spot in the East. So that's a key weekend matchup. And then to start off the week, uh, we face the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim uh, to continue our homestand. And then we also get the other Los Angeles team. The Dodgers are headed to Seattle for next weekend so we kind of go tough with the rays coming up we go easier with the angels and then tough the dodgers are sitting at 85 and 54 um and then if we can get through them which i think we can hopefully take at least a couple um we've got the a's to follow so a little bit of a tough matchup obviously a lot of al west end the season as it always does um because the end of september looks like it holds the Rangers followed by the Astros. So, uh, really, destiny's in our hands. If we keep winning, I think we're in. If we even slip up and string together two or three losses, that could be the end of it for us. Man, I can't believe, obviously, like, after the month of August that we had, we had a 50-game stretch where we went 36-14, and 14, and the team just failed what worked. Not all easy opponents either. Um, obviously, we saw the sweep of the Astros and some others in there. Um, but now it's like, hey, we got to ride out of that month of August and just stay on top, put on the gas, and do a pretty competitive and difficult September. Yeah, I think that'll be the key um, as long as we can. I mean, we got to stay healthy. We got to keep the bullpen healthy. We got to have that depth because I think we saw last year in the playoffs just that lack of depth we were fighting some injuries in the bullpen and that was kind of the end of our run um so hopefully we can stay on that and i mean winning the al west would just be the coolest thing yeah 
that'd be amazing and um, it'd be cool to get a higher seed to just have that much more of a chance not that we don't have a great team but it helps any team um, higher seed play a lower seed which saw with the Phillies last year uh, they made it work for them but man just have a shot to go a little bit further in the playoffs yeah that would be awesome um Let's take a look at the NL race just to see um, where things are at on the other side of Major League Baseball, and then we'll hop into a couple segments to wrap things up. Um, at the top, we've got the Atlanta Braves at 91 wins. They are sitting hot at the highest number of wins in the country. Um, Dodgers are atop the NL West, and Milwaukee sitting atop the central of the uh, National League. Brewers, how about that? Looks like the Phillies have had a bounce-back season, along with the Cubs and the Diamondbacks, all sitting in a pretty tight wild-card race in the NL. I remember this happening last year. Um, but the Miami Marlins, the Cincinnati Reds, and San Francisco Giants are also sitting right outside the race. Um, Padres, I don't think they'll have enough to get in there. Again, they've just fallen a little bit short. Wow, um, man. But crazy to see how close the NL race is. Um, I just wanted to give a little check in there since we usually give a little bit more love to the AL. But, Hunter, let's hop into a couple segments. Um, I think one that we always love to do, hit the spot, just quick reflection of in the last week, what's been that one thing that has just taken the cake and has stuck with you? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, man, I have to say the uh, Old Spaghetti Factory never never misses, can't fail, and uh, yeah, got to go with that. Manager special. I was going to say, um, before I say my order, um, I feel like usually Dunk, me and you are the kind of like mix it up, try something new at a restaurant. But if it works and it's tried and true, don't change it, right? Like, yeah, I'm always get it every once in a while. Just go for it. So the uh, manager's favorite with half meat sauce, half white clam sauce, can't be beat. Yeah, I pretty much get that every single time, and I've not had Spaghetti Factory for a long time, so. That is definitely a craving that I've got. Um, the one I have to go with, uh, as the people know, we're headed out to a uh, wedding rehearsal dinner. But this is my third wedding uh, in the last three weeks. And the wedding last week, man, you cannot go wrong. We've talked about this before, but barbecue at a wedding is just superior. We had some brisket, and I haven't had brisket like that in a while. I mean, I was in Austin back in August. Pretty good brisket, but this this was up there with it too. Wow, um, wedding brisket. So just to see the amount of time and quality that went into that brisket, jalapeno cornbread, mashed potatoes with bacon in it, the wow. green beans. I mean, it was just mac and cheese or no? No mac and cheese. Simple simple menu: brisket, uh, mashed potatoes, green beans, and cornbread. Kind of your all American dinner, but nice. man, was it so good and I mean, to preview the just being able to have a full belly, go grab a beer and hit the dance floor, I mean, that was that was where it was at. That's what you're looking for. Well, 
I envision a lot of uh, Coors Lattes this weekend, and uh, they're going to be cold. Yeah, excited. Uh, cheers to Quentin and Jenna. Cheers to the Oars as they start this chapter of their life. I'm really excited for them, and should be a fun uh, weekend of festivities. Yeah, it'll be a great celebration. Fun to be in town for it, and uh, we'll be part of the wedding to get the festivities kicked off. Yeah, well, it's just been a good one. A little CTL on the road action, driving with CTL, but it's always fun to do them in person, so I think it was worth the wait. Yeah, flew in this morning, so we're, we're getting it in, making it happen. Yeah, go grab a cup of coffee so you can keep going through the evening. And, uh, yeah, it should be a fun weekend ahead. Well done. Good one. As always, for episode 167. 167. As always, it's quite a ladder. ladder.